0: like we left something welcome back episode six of i got a story to tell thank y'all for joining me this week for this week's episode but y'all know how i do before we get to the story i gotta give somebody their flowers this week i'm giving flowers to my brother kevin kev kevy kev i love you you have been so great in our time here on earth together uh you know i always tell you you know we get off the phone i love you if you do anything if we you know that you do anything that i'm proud of i tell you i'm proud of you um you know all that so we've never minced words when it comes to you know showing love to each other but i just want to tell you kev i love you um i appreciate everything you've ever done for me up to this very day here on earth whether it was ass whooping whether it was a couple dollars whether it was more than a couple dollars whether it was a kind word um, a kick in the ass that I needed whatever I thank you Kev I learned so much about life from you I also learned a lot even if I didn't tell you I learned it I learned by just watching you You've always carried yourself in a way that it made it easy to model, look up to, and strive to be like. You were my father figure growing up. You took care of me and looked out for me better sometimes than I did myself. You knew what I needed sometimes when I was too ashamed or afraid to ask. So I thank you, Kev, and I love you, Kev. You and I have talked about why our aunt was so hurt when our mother died, when mama died. And we get it because that bond between siblings, the siblings know everything. You know, everything kid, you know, all the fuck ups I've had where the bodies are buried. Shit that I've done that Don't nobody know, but you, so we understood when mama died how angel felt so kev i said all that to say i love you i look up to you i appreciate you and thank you for always being you and with that being said y'all got a story to tell let's go takes place in 2002 i'm living in tampa florida i get a call from my brother mac shout out my brother mac aka mac mittens aka jimmy mac aka big dude aka michael james this is my brother y'all he and i have been rocking for about 25 years I first met Mac, I was a freshman in college. When I first met him, the nigga had on a full University of Cincinnati basketball kit, but he wasn't going to hoop. Oh no, he was just rocking it. Cause he was like, shit, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be fresh, right? Nigga had it on with some Reebok classics. And them foot, y'all know when niggas had the footies that they wasn't sure if they wanted to wear like the calf high socks or a footie. So they was in between. The long footies. Yeah, he had them on with the basketball kit. Second time I saw Mac on campus, he had a full denim kit on. Blue jeans with a a slight cuff, some Eastland shoes with the buckle on them, the matching denim vest. Oh, yeah, the nigga had blue jeans up top with the guns out like Aaron Neville, right? I said, oh, this nigga's a wild boy, but I can fuck with him. Now, me and him got super cool, and I knew Mac was my guy when he invited me to his dorm room to play the college football game on Sega Genesis. As we sitting there playing, the nigga throws on Reasonable Doubt by Jay-Z. Now, at the time, Hov, it just really came out. This is 96. Nobody was rocking Hov like that. You know, you had a few people that was rocking it, but I didn't know any until I met Mac. So when I'm in the room, we playing the game, he throw it on. I say, oh, yeah, I can fuck with this nigga. He's my type cat. So Mac and I have been rocking ever since. So Mac and I have a bunch of stories, as you can imagine, hanging out over 25 years. These stories range from being poolside at the Lowe's Hotel in Miami on South Beach with Vivica Fox and him like, hey, I'm about to go bag Vivica. So that's a story. We gonna get to that one later on in this first season. of I got a story to tell, we gonna get into that Miami trip. Oh, it's a lot of niggas that was on that Miami trip that's gonna be in this story. But Mac, had, Mac and I have a bunch of other stories. Um, he and I running through the ATL, going to every strip club in the ATL, then waking up in the morning, driving all the way to Duke University in North Carolina and kicking. So we got stories like that. We got stories like. Me falling asleep on a futon in his apartment by myself, but I woke up with him and a young lady who she claims she speaks Spanish. But when she starts speaking Spanish, all she did was recite of Drew Hill verse or a Drew Hill like line in a song. So wild story. Me and Mac got stories. Now, let's get back to this one though. The year is 2002. I'm living in Tampa. I get a call from Mac. Like all conversations with Mac, I open it up by saying, what's up, Sands? He responds with, shit, what you up to, Sands? For people who don't know why I'm using the term Sands, Sands means somebody you've pledged and crossed with into a fraternity or sorority, like y'all pledged together, crossed together. So Mac and I pledged together. So that's my Sands. So that's how we refer to each other. So I answer the phone. What's up, Sands? He, What you doing, Sands? Nothing. So conversation ensues. He and I are talking. He goes on to tell me how he was at the Salem Mall in Dayton, Ohio. Shout out everybody in the DYT. He was at Foot Locker in Salem Mall, which is the black mall in Dayton, Ohio, and met a young lady who works at the Foot Locker. He likes Sands. You know they got the referee shirts and shit, right? I said, Yeah. He said she wasn't doing much up top. But in them referee pants, she had yams though. So I'm like, oh, word? He said, word. He goes on to tell me, like, hey Sans, I think I gotta smash old girl. I got to. I'm like, shit, do your thing. The conversation keeps going on. He then starts to ask me, like, hey, when uh when next time you flying here to Ohio? I'm like, shit, I don't know, probably a couple weeks. He's like, all right, cool. So I tell him, like, instead of flying into Cincinnati, where I'm from, I'll fly into Dayton. That's where Mac lives at the time. He like, all right, bet. I'll scoop you from the airport. You know, we hang out. I say, bet. Two weeks come, the two weeks come and go, and I end up flying home to Dayton. Who's there to pick me up at the airport? My brother, Mac. Mac is there to pick me up in the deuce. The deuce. I know y'all saying, Mike, what the hell is the deuce? The deuce is Mac's car at the time. Now, up to that point of knowing Mac, he's only had three cars. His first car when we were in college was this white like Oldsmobile that this nigga named Ernie crashed like wreck. Mac wanted to kill the nigga. But Mac said, fuck it went to the crib stacked his money came back oh but when he came back oh he came back with the buick LeSabre, saber which he affectionately called the lex saber like it was a lexus but that shit wasn't no lexus but it was clean though he came back with the buick LeSabre. it was midnight blue fresh paint job oh nigga, paint job was fresh other than it had like a little gray like like patch on the back passenger door i don't know why they ain't paint that shit. but anyway the rest of that bitch was clean it had some rims some vogues the wood grain steering wheel now the system the system in that bitch was like it left a lot to be desired now mac used to try to he used to try to pump it up and say like it used to be banging like he had bang in the trunk eh, i wouldn't go that far like it was a lot of treble Like it was, it was some tweeters working like an overload, but you know, it would whistle a little bit, but it was clean. And in the little compartment behind the seats, like the passenger seat, nigga had hella like Burger King coupons and light bills and you know, old receipts and shit. Nigga had hella Burger King coupons. Like the coupons be like, buy one big King, get two whoppers free. Like now I know where he got the coupons. Because he used to smash this chick that worked at the uh, at Burger King. So she kept him laced with free, you know, coupons and shit. But anyway, Mac was one of the people, one of those people who had license, had a vehicle, all that, but he hated driving. So we would get in the le- Lex Saber and he would be like, hey, Sans, here you drive. So I would drive. Only bad thing, though, is if you went over like a speed bump or something, oh, he was going to cry. And this is what he'd say every time I go over speed bump. Man, you gonna fuck up my $2,700 rims. He was always complaining about him them funky ass rims. But anyway, back to the story. So that was the second car he came back with. Some years passed. The LeSabre stopped working. And Matt got the deuce. Now, let me describe the deuce. The Deuce was like a 85 Delta 88, and that bitch was a tank. It was big, it was silver, it had the crushed velvet guts. Um, It ran like, man, I don't know who had that car for all them years, but they took care of it. It ran great. The heat, ooh, you talking about some good heat. It was like a little hot breath nigga standing, like laying under the hood with his mouth over the vent, like (sighs) Like it was just, ooh, nigga, that heat was good, right? Now, in the backseat of this car, under the, the little compartment, nigga had like hella Arby's coupons, like get two Philly beef and Swiss, get a, a beef and cheddar free, you know, shit like that. The Deuce. How did Mac come to acquire the Deuce? My sins, Mac lives by the mantra, and even swap ain't no swindle. Oh, and he he means that to his heart. An even swap ain't no swindle. So how did Mac come to acquire the deuce? Mac had a white homeboy named Bidleck. Bidleck wanted to move to Las Vegas to become a professional gambler of all fucking things, right? So what does Bidleck do? He starts selling off all his possessions to get money to move to Vegas. My brother, Mac decides, i give you some money for that car. Mac pays Bidley 200 US dollars and a pair of fake Jordans. Now, y'all know Jays, you know how niggas classify Jays, you know, the ones, the twos, the threes, so on and so forth, right? Mac ain't get that nigga no Michael Jordans. He gave that nigga some Montel Jordans. The this is how we do it 12s is what he gave a nigga. But no, y'all know how you got Jordans and you got team Jordans or Jumpmans. You know, like the big goofy shit like some of these cats be wearing. Matt gave this nigga a pair of shoes. They look like Jordans, but them wasn't Jordans. They got like fat ass tongue on them. Like big ass soul. Like the shit you would find at like Marshalls. They don't come in no shoe box. They just got that hard plastic piece. That's connected in the shoes, and you got to pick them bitches up and take them to the counter, and they hit them with the boop, you know them shits, right? Mac gave this man two hundred dollars, a pair of Montel Jordans, and got a car in return. That's how he got the deuce. Now back to the store. I had to give y'all the backdrop. Now Mac picks me up from Dayton Airport in the deuce. We get in the deuce. He tells me, he says, Sam baby girl I was telling you about. The referee pants, Salem Mall, Foot Lock. I said, yeah. Say I'm about to go meet with her real quick, and we gonna go to her spot. I say cool. We pick her up. Then she gets in. She lets us know she has a homegirl for me. I said, well, niggas say less. We go over by Salem Mall. It's some apartments and row houses and shit over there. We go pick up her homegirl. Now, referee pants goes inside to get her home girl they taking hell along mac and i are outside chilling waiting 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 i'm starting to think well did she go in and run out the back door and they never be heard from again or what i mean we out there so long me and Mac could have had a full dice game finally they come out the friend starts to say how she was trying to get her baby to go to sleep now i don't know slim had a baby you know i didn't know she gets in the car and says, my mama says she ain't going to wash the baby long. Now, this baby a newborn. I ain't even sure she didn't got her stitches out. Like, this a new baby. I'm like, well, shit. Okay, cool. So now we're about to head to Referee pants' apartment. So we're driving. We having a good time listening to the radio because Mac ain't had no system in the deuce. So we just driving. Everything is lovely. We laughing, kee-kee-kee, and all this. After we drive for a while, I start to see we headed towards Gettysburg. Now, for those that don't know, Gettysburg is a hood-ass street in Dayton, Ohio. Gettysburg is the type of street that on one side of the street, you will have two churches. One is a house of worship. The other one is the chicken spot. On the other side of the street, you're going to have check cash and spot, liquor store, pawn shop, might be a Chinese food restaurant with the greasy glass and the menu all faded. You know, hella MSG and shit, right? So that's what you're going to have on the other side the street. Gettysburg, rough now. So we ride we, we bust the left on Gettysburg. We riding down Gettysburg. I said, oh shit. We get to this like little side street. I see Mac hit the blinker, you know, to make that little left turn. I said, okay, where are we going? Now it's an apartment building over there. After you make that left and it sits on the right-hand side of the street. Now, I ain't going to say this apartment was hood or the project. It was hood adjacent, though. It was close to that bitch, right? So, if a nigga in the hood fart, that apartment building going to smell it. So, it's that close, right? So, fuck it. I'm out, but I'm feeling a sort of way because I'm like, damn. I ain't got no pistol on me. I ain't got no form of weapon. And I'm in a hood I ain't from, I know how shit go. So anyway, we get out, we walking up to the building. Now, in this apartment building, there's the big glass main door to get into the building where you got to hit the and, you got to hit the buzzer shits, right? So this is the type of building she lives in. Now, anytime I see a building with the and on it, I know it's some security issues going on, right? So again, it's cool. We walk upstairs, we get to her apartment. She unlocks the door, we go in. Now, let me describe this apartment. The main wall on the right side of the living room was like brick. And them shits was yellow. I ain't talking about a nigga painted them yellow. I'm talking about like it's somebody that sits next to the wall and on a couch or a chair and smokes hella like Paul Malls or Winston's or Cools or any type of cigarette and they just blow it on the wall all goddamn day oh nigga the smoke grease on this wall is thick you hear me so i'm like okay cool i'm from the hood though i ain't tripping in this living room is a couch y'all have all seen these couches. before it got that bullshit brown and orange flower pattern with the wood like arms on it oh but if you take a nap on that couch oh my god you're gonna sleep so good so she has a tv And this TV got the big booty on the back. Y'all know them heavy shits, right? So she got one of them. There's a kitchen. There's a bathroom and a bedroom. Now, we come in this apartment. Now, the smell of the the apartment. Now, I ain't going to say that she, you know, I ain't going to say she cooked up dope in the house. I ain't going to say that. All I'm going to say is I know what an apartment is where dope has been cooked smell like and it smelled like somebody had been in there trapping that bitch out. That's all I'm saying. I'm not accusing this young woman of selling dope. It had a trap house stench to it. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. So we come in, me and the friend with the baby, we sit on the couch. We sit on grandma's big, comfy couch, right? Mac and referee pants, they straight to the bedroom. Oh, they straight to it. Mac ain't wasting no time. He trying to drop off at pound town. Right? So I understand what the, what the business is. So they go in there, but the interior walls of the apartment, them shits paper thin. Y'all know how low income housing is. Them shits be thin. You can hear everything going on. So Max in the room, you know, he in there on his fake Billy B. Williams shit. He hitting her with some, you know, his best lines. They key, key, keying a little bit. So the action is going on in there. Me and baby girl on the couch. We just watching TV. On this TV, referee pants ain't got no rabbit ears. She ain't got no cape. It ain't nothing but old ancillary-ass, weird-ass stations on this TV. Like, you flip one station, it's going to go to, like, the, the antique show where you got people bringing up old bowls and shit, and the cat, like, oh, that's worth $600. You know, shit like that. You flip to the next station, you might see two zebras fucking. Then you flip to the next station, if she got a third station, and you got, like, mama's house on there. So we flipping, ain't shit on this big booty TV. We talking a little bit, shooting the shit. Everything is cool in the game. Her cell phone rings. She answers it, gets off the phone. She says, I got to go home. My mama said, I got to come get the baby. I'm like, well, damn. So cool. I go to the bedroom door. I knock on the bedroom door. Referee pants come, she like crack the door and stick her face out. Now behind this pitch black, I can't see nothing in there. I hear Mac like, nigga, what? So I'm like, hey, baby girl gotta go to the crib um to get the baby. So I'm thinking Mac's gonna hop up and be like, all right, we'll take her. I hear the keys rattling. Mac hands the keys to referee pants, referee pants handing to me. Mac like, hey Sam, take her to the crib for me. I ain't tripped, cool, say less. I know what Max trying to do. I get it. So I'm not going to hate. I know he's trying to take her on a one-way trip to Huck and Buck Island, right? So I'm like, cool. Me and baby girl go get in the deuce. I start that big motherfucker up. That air, that that heat blowing. I take her to the crib, drop her off. Circle back. Go to the drive-thru. Get me a bag of barbecue, grippos, and a pop. Go back to referee Pan's crib. I get there, right? I get out the deuce. I go to the door. Now it hits me like, damn, I ain't got old girl keys to get in the building. So I hit the, the and I hit that, right? Uh, and I'm waiting. I'm waiting. Ain't nobody buzzing the door open. Random niggas walking past. Nigga walk by. Hey, my nigga. Hey, 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 I got, hey, what you need? I'm good, my man. Next nigga walk by. My nigga, $5 bumps. Hey, baddest in the city. My nigga on smoke base. I'm good. Keep it moving. I'm in a hood. Niggas out here propositioning me to buy everything from motherfucking dope to motherfucking wet. Everything, right? So I'm like, man, I ain't got no pistol on me again. I'm like, fuck. So if a nigga up cannon on me right now, I'm just dead. So I'm like, shit. I'm hitting the, ain't nobody coming. Finally, a nigga in a big-ass pelly pelly jacket come to the door. He walking out. I catch the door about to go in. He like, hey, 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 my man, you live here? I'm like, nah, my people do. He like, oh, okay, good. Like, he's some type of motherfucking project security guard. I'm like, nigga, if you don't go sell them pre-rolls, leave me the fuck alone, right? So, I get up to the apartment. I'm beating on the door like the police. Finally, baby girl with the with the referee pants, she come to the door. She has on a little dusty robe. She ain't no belt on the robe. She holding it with her finger and like her thumb. This robe, like the the, the fabric on it, the napped up a little bit. She got like old jelly stains, old syrup, old chicken grease and shit, right? She let me in. I'm like, y'all ain't hear me. She like, no. And she's sweating. Oh nigga, she's sweating. So I know what it is. Nigga, she is like, like, just like a nigga sprayed her with armor All, right? So I already know what they got going on. So I know why they didn't hear, you know, Mac in there. I understand he on his motherfucking Macaulay Culkin on home alone. Hands on both cheeks. You feel so he go. She go back in the room with Mac. They close the door. I'm sitting in the living room at this point. Now I'm in the living room watching this dumbass TV, eating my grippos, drinking my pop. I start dozing off on the big comfy couch. I doze off, wake up. Doze off, wake up. Last time I doze off, oh, nigga, it wasn't a doze. I'm full, I'm full fledged sleep. Oh, nigga, I'm in the third realm of sleep. I'm sleeping good. I hear, and so I wake up a little bit like, damn, did somebody hit the little buzzer? But I didn't hear anything after that, so I'm like, no. So I close my eyes. Soon as my eyes close, I hear, and so now I sit up. I say, damn, I know I ain't tripping. So I look at my phone. I'm like, damn, I'm so confused and sleepy. I'm thinking my phone buzzing. Wasn't my phone. I hear, and I said, oh, shit, that's the door. So I get up. I'm about to go open her front apartment door and look down to see who's at the door. Something said, nah, go get referee pants. So I go over to the door. I hear Max say, nigga, what? Baby girl come to the door. She got it cracked. She say, what's up? I say, hey, somebody at your door. She say, huh? I say, somebody is buzzing the door. She was like, all right, let me look. So she grabbed a little dusty robe. She outside again. So she goes out the door. Door closed behind her. I open the bedroom door. Max over there sprawled out on the bed. I say, my nigga, what if that's her dude? He like, man, whatever. So I go back in the living room. I sit down for a minute. She comes back in. She like, hey, y'all got to go. That's my boyfriend. I hop up. I go in there. I'm like, Mac, get up. We got to bounce. It's her nigga. Mac moving in slow motion. He complaining. He, man, this some bullshit. So he's going on and on. But he steady ain't getting dressed. So I go back in the living room. She goes back outside. So I think she's trying to stall this nigga. I'm in the living room sitting on the couch. Now my mind is working. Again, I ain't got no pistol. I ain't got no form of weaponry. In case this nigga comes up in here and go, you know, shit go left. Cause if you a dude and you walk in a spot, your girl spot, and there's two niggas in there, and you don't know either one of them, shit's gonna go left. So I'm start my mind starting working, I'm looking around for weapons and shit, right? So I look in the kitchen, first thing that comes to mind is knife. So I look in the kitchen. Y'all know how people have those like those wood blocks with all the knives that sit on the countertop. She got one of them. But ain't no knives in it though. So, I'm like, damn, all I can do is hit this nigga over the head with the wood. Pause. So, I go to the drawer. Nigga, it's hella butter knives. I'm like, man, I can't stab nobody with a butter knife. So, my mind is really working overload right now. It's going. I'm like, well, shit, I can pick up this heavy-ass TV and bust him over the head with it. I'm like, damn, this TV hella, like, heavy. So, I'm like, man, I ain't lifted a weight and I don't know how long, so... I probably can't get this over my head. I can get it chest high, but it'll be like throwing a chest pass to this nigga. So I'm like, nah, that ain't gonna work. So then I'm just like, man, fuck it. Nigga come in here with the burner. Shit, nigga, me and Matt gonna have to jump this nigga. But I'm like, we can't beat bullets. Then in my mind, I'm like, man, I start giving up. I was like, man, fuck it, man. This is where I die. Thinking to myself, this is where I die. I'm gonna die in a trap house in Dayton off Gettysburg with my nigga Mac. That's all I'm thinking. I'm like, well, if I got to go, I got to go with one of my, my people, right? So I'm like, cool. Mac finally comes out the room. Mac comes out the room and some red silky boxers. I'm looking at this nigga. I said, man, who under the age of 50 is wearing Valentine's Day red silky boxers, nigga? What type of Billy D. Williams shit is you on? So Mac complained. First thing he said, man, I ain't even get the bus. So I'm like, nigga, fuck all that. Put on these pants. Let's go. He, man, this some bullshit. He steady complained. Oh girl come back in like, y'all gotta hurry up, hurry up, hurry up. Man, Mac finally puts on his shit, right? Gets his clothes on, has his jacket in his hand. We come out her front door of her apartment. Make a right because to the left is the front door of the building where her dude is. We make a right, we go down the flights of stairs, go down to the bottom floor, go through this back basement door, come up the steps, come out outside in the parking lot. We turn right as we're walking to the front of the parking lot, like of the apartment building where the deuce is at. I can see the smoke, the exhaust from the car. That's like running up there. So I'm like, damn, that got to be her dude. So we come around the corner. It's her nigga and his boy sitting in this Trans Am nigga. They out there like Bebop and steady, waiting on the turtles, right? I'm like, man. Oh, man. I'm like, oh, I know these niggas got a burner on them. I ain't even got the question. If, if I know they niggas like I know they niggas, they got that burner on them. Or as I like to call them that, you understand me. So me and Mac walking. Baby girl standing at the door of the apartment building. She opening the door for her dude. We walk past. We make eye contact with the two niggas. We give them that universal head nod like, what's up, nigga? They get a head nod back. Me and Mac get in the deuce. Crank the deuce up. (laughs) Put that bitch in reverse. Turn up out the parking lot. Conflict avoid. And we didn't get shot. My nigga Mac.